Well, how great is our God? He's awesome. He's an awesome God. Give them a good hand, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Do we have any first-time visitors? This is your first time to be here. Right here. Thank you. What is your name? Marilyn? Judy? Ida. Ida. I get to meet Ida. Amen. Praise God. We're so thankful to have you. Amen. Uh, we meet every, we're supposed to meet every first Saturday of the month. And this was our first one, but we're not going to let this be the last one, right? We're believing God for the weather to, to stay so that we can enjoy our time together and be able to fellowship uh, together. We want to encourage you uh, once again. You know, we have, uh, I think I've shared with you, around 170 that are within our age group from 55 and up. And so we're just a, a small portion of that larger group. And so we need to reach out as, you know, as individuals to people that we know in the church that are in our age group so that we can gather together so we can occupy the sanctuary and enjoy, enjoy our time of fellowship and everything. Of course, that requires a lot of work. Uh, and everything to to do that, but uh, it, it's worth it. You're worth it, and uh, we want you to know. We want you to stay encouraged. Just because we may be uh, the older generation in the church, uh, we're we're a very needed generation in the church. I mean, you know that the older generation helps to balance the new generation coming up. Older men teach the younger men. Older women teach the younger women. And so we need to keep and maintain the balance and be able to mix and to mingle. And uh, we can't get outdated. We have, we have to keep up with the young. The young have to keep up with us. Amen. We've been through the thing. And so we can help them in their journey in life and help them in ministry and help in the church as well. Uh, to be a tremendous blessing. So uh, we're just grateful and thankful for this group. And we're thankful for you being here today. Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> Diane and I, in, uh, in February, we wouldn't want to be able to be here anyway because uh, my brother-in-law passed away and we had gone down to Louisiana to do his funeral. It was at the same time that things were transpiring to take place for, for victorious adults. But, uh, you know... Uh, as we are getting older, heaven is a lot more reality to us. Agreed? Amen. I know when I was younger, I didn't think a whole lot about heaven. I knew I was going to go to heaven because I'd accepted the Lord, but it, it didn't really dawn on me. I, don't, I didn't think about it. Uh, but uh, as I've gotten older and uh, and supposed to be more mature and everything, and that's not always so. There's still a kid in me that wants to, to live his life out through through me because I didn't get to enjoy a lot of my childhood, so I'm enjoying some of it now. You know, like hiding around the corner and spooking people like my wife. You know. Uh, she walked by, and I'll be down on the ground and grab her ankle or something. You know. Just, just uh, 
just enjoying life, having fun. I think I'm having fun. Anyway, but uh, you, you just don't think about those things. But my, my brother-in-law was uh, a very precious man of God, and uh, we became very close friends. And, and uh, he called me uh, about a month and a half uh, in advance, and he said, Phil, he said, uh, I want you and Diane to come down because I want, I want to uh, uh, put my, my uh, funeral in order. I said, wait a minute, what do you mean you want to put your funeral in order? He said, well, he said, I've lived a, a good life, a long life. And uh, he was 86. And, and uh, he said, my, my time is coming to an end, and, and I want to put my funeral together. I said, okay. So we went down, and that's what we did. We put his funeral together. Everything that he wanted in his funeral, we did that in honor uh, and respect for for him, but uh, you know, whenever I stood before the congregation that was gathered for the funeral and everything else, I said, "You know what? First things are first. I said, "Why do we seek the living among the dead? Ron is not dead. That is his body, but Ron is not dead. He is more alive today than he's ever been in his entire life. He transferred. He just had a transition from natural life to eternal life. So he's alive and well and enjoying all the presence of God that he did not experience here on earth. He now knows as he's been known. And so for you and I, you know, heaven, the the Bible says it very clearly that, you know, God looks at uh, death as a prosperous thing, not a negative thing. He said in Psalm 115 uh, and 16, he said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It's a precious moment for those that are Christians and that know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It is a rewarding time. Now, I'm saying all that to you not to prepare you. <laughs> but let us be prepared. Amen. I want to be Prepared. It, it should be a glorious time. I don't, I don't want a sad funeral. If Jesus tarries and he does not come in my lifetime for some reason, I'm, I'm practicing. I'm practicing on him coming. You should be doing your rapture drills. Amen, right? Your hands lifted up and jumping up. Take off time. There's going to be a time, a moment to twinkling an eye. So we need to be practicing those things, but at the same time, we need to enjoy the fact. Into eternal. Boarding time. And so. And we raise up the new generation that is coming up, amen, and we, we actually replace ourselves by raising up that generation when that time comes. Uh, like I said, I'm looking for the rapture of the church, but at the same time, uh, I'm being realistic too, you know, that if Jesus does tarry, then I'm getting closer to that day.
Amen. Well, Diane wants to share with you about uh, St. Patrick's Day, what, what it represents and everything else. So give her a good hand as she comes up here and shares with you. Praise the Lord. It is so good to have everyone together again and to have our, our new, we'll call you visitors today, but next time your family that just, we see you every time. We're, we're believing God for that. Thank you, Lord. Well, <clears throat> let me just put these on real quick. So um, I just, you know, we always hear, and when March 17th comes, we always are, we know that we uh, celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but I just, um, I thought, gee, I, I, I'd like to just understand what really St. Patrick's Day is about. And uh, so one year, it's been several years ago, I looked, I looked it up and did some uh, study, and it was just very encouraging to hear what St. Patrick's Day is really all about. And so um, St. Patrick's Day is actually a feast day, and um, it, it is to com- commemorate the death of um, St. Patrick and, uh, and remember his life and everything that he accomplished while he was here on this earth. And um, he actually uh, went to be with the Lord, I think it was in four, I mean, we're talking a lot of years ago, 461. (laughs) And um, so anyway, he was born in Britain of a um, Romanized family at the age of 16 and he was torn away from his family by Irish raiders from the villa of his father. And his father was, uh, it's hard to pronounce his name, uh, Calpurnius. And he was a deacon and a minor local uh, official. But anyway, he, he was carried into slavery in Ireland. He spent six bleak years there as a herdsman, during which he turned with fervor to his faith. He, it was such a terrible thing that had happened to him, and it was his faith that, that brought him through, through everything. And um, after being there those six years, he um, he dreamed that I mean he he had been believing to somehow some way you know get back to his homeland, and um, he dreamed that the ship in which he was ready to escape was already um, to escape was ready, uh, and he when it came time he fled his. Uh, Master and found pa- passage back to Britain, 
But that wasn't an easy journey. He walked 200 miles to get to where he could, you know, get on a ship. And uh, during that time, it says there he came near to starvation and he suffered a second brief captivity before he was returned uh, with his to his family. So he he went through a lot, but he didn't obviously he didn't let uh, he didn't lose hope and he didn't lose faith. So um, anyway. Um, he eventually returned to Ireland as a Christian missionary, and that was as, an assault, as a result of having a dream uh, where an angel spoke to him and told him he wanted him to return to Ireland. Now, think how hard it would be on him to go back to Ireland when he had been ripped away from his family and taken there, you know. But um, anyway, he he um, he had that dream, and so he um, he didn't go immediately. He studied uh, for several years. I'm not sure how many years it was before. Um, and uh, I think he went to you know like a, a school you know, to, to learn everything he needed to, to know to be a missionary. But um, anyway, he, um, he eventually obeyed and, and went back, and he served uh, as a missionary. And uh, there were just, um, just, there were so many things that he did. I, we're not going to take time to go through everything, but... Uh, one of the things, when we see the um, the shamrock, or anyway, um, he uh, used the three leaflets of the shamrock to explain the concept of the Holy Trinity. The person in one, you know, three persons in one in one God. So, you know, who would have ever thought, you know, we, we see the, the shamrock, we always, when we celebrate the, um, um, you know, March 17th being St. Patrick's Day, I never knew that before. And um, anyway, Patrick is credited with having brought Christianity to Ireland uh, as such, he became a figure of national devotion, and um, and in due course, the nation's patron, patron saint. Um, he, uh, the patron saint of Ireland, is celebrated because he performed many miracles and devoted most of his life to converting pagan Ireland. Before he went there, Ireland was basically just a pagan nation. And, um, but converting a pagan uh, Ireland to Christianity. So anyway, I just thought it was really 
interesting, you know, to know what it means. Now, um, it wasn't, we didn't celebrate St. Patrick's Day in America, you know, for a lot of years. But um, let's see, I think, I'm not sure how many years it was before we began to celebrate it, but the reason um, that we began to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in America is because of immigrants coming and bringing the story in, in the, of St. Patrick's life, and then they wanted to celebrate his life, and so they it just get, kept getting passed around to the to every state and um, is celebrated to this day now a lot of you know non-believers in the secular field uh, take a totally different view about it and everything but that's not what it's about it's not about you know partying and and green beer and <laughs> Everything else you hear about it, then um, turning, I think in Chicago or somewhere, they put green something in in one of the rivers. <laughs> yes, yeah, Chicago. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, anyway, but that's that's not what it's about. It's about uh, you know being so thankful for someone that had had such a hard hard life and gone through so much that he didn't let it affect him, but he was willing to go back into where he had suffered so much, you know, and become a missionary to those that had, had, uh, you know, stolen him from his family. And so anyway, that's just a, a few thoughts of, about it. I just thought it would be nice to share that today. You know, it doesn't make any difference which uh, time that we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. How many of you know that Christmas has been uh, utilized to Elevate uh, what the world thinks and everything else. But how many of you know there's a true story of St. Nicholas? He was a great man. Uh, it's the same way for Easter. Easter is not about bunnies and about eggs and chickens. You know, uh, it's about the resurrection and always has been. So all of these events that have transpired and taken place, we should we should check and see. I did not have a clue what St. Patrick's Day stood for uh, at all. I knew nothing about St. I just thought he was just another Catholic guy that, you know, just did his thing. And, you know, but uh, uh, it's, it's good to know that these things are, have, have good meanings behind them and everything else. How many, even, how many of you understand what the Christmas tree stands for? It stands for life. And if you you know, and it's uh, uh, it's it's a prosperous thing. It's not it's not a a wor- not that we worship it. You know, it's but if you if you don't know and you don't find out, then it's your fault for not finding out. My fault for not finding out. 
his church would put on a uh, outdoor uh, sort of green drive, no CDT, and and they didn't stop at the birth. They went through the cross and they went through everything. But the pastor came to my dad because he was he would always grow a beard in the winter, so he would come to my dad and had asked him if he would. because Santa Claus is real. And he said, I don't want to encourage the children to go with Santa Claus instead of God. And so he said, now I will make a deal with you. If you will fix me a green coat with the gold trim on it and cape, I will sit in there and I will be Saint Nick. That's it. So the pastor said, Amen. Praise God. Well, how many of you are excited about your life? Listen, you're in the best, you're in the best days of your life. Amen. This should be an exciting moment, exciting time for you in your church. You should be the live wires in the church. Amen. You should be the rejoicers. You should be the praisers. We should enjoy the presence of the Lord uh, like uh, we've never rejoiced before. We should magnify Him. I know in all of these uh, these events and everything else, these these stories of these individuals like St. Patrick, he was a soul winner. That was his life. He was a soul winner. His life got changed and rearranged by the Lord, and he was able to go and present the gospel of Jesus Christ and see hundreds and thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And... We need to be the same. We need to have that same heart. I want to read just a, just a portion of Scripture to you out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 12. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Look at your neighbor and say, You're a member in particular. <laughs> There's something special about you that's in you, that God's anointed you with, that he hasn't anointed anybody else with. You have an anointing. And sometimes I, I think that as, as we get, especially as we get older, we think that our, our value is less because we are older. And there's some things that we cannot do like we used to do when we were young. And that's okay. 
But at the same time, <clears throat> whenever I went to church with Diane before I became born again, uh, she used to go to a Southern Baptist church. And the church that we were attending, or she was attending at the time, uh, I had stopped going to church because I just, it wasn't, it just wasn't a part of my life as a young person to go to church. And so it just, I had different habits, you know, in my life. And, uh, but she kept praying that I would go to church with her and everything else. So, uh, anyway, this church that we were going to one, one Wednesday night, I, I went with her and, uh, to the church and, uh, they were having their deacons, uh, meeting for that particular, uh, Wednesday. And what they were doing was, is they were deciding whether they would keep their pastor or not. And, uh, they voted on in the church if the pastor would stay or if they put him out to pasture, so to speak. And so I went and the more they talked, the matter I got. And of course, being a non-Christian, uh, Oh, maybe I'd just gotten born again. I'd just gotten born again. And being uh, being a, a, a new convert and everything else, for me to hear that they were going to vote whether they would take the pastor out or not, just it really upset me because he was an elderly gentleman. He had given about 30 years of his life at this church, and he was young. He was full of vim, vi- vigor and vitality and and everything else, and and they said that you know he he ran down the aisles, he was up and down, he was he was you know he was very uh, active. But as he got older, he began to slow down, and he began to stay more behind the pulpit, and and uh, didn't venture out as much, wasn't as much demonstrativeness uh, out of his preaching. But the messages were still great. I mean, I. I enjoyed uh, hearing the uh, elderly gentleman speak from uh, years of relationship with the Lord and being a young person. Uh, that's what I craved was to hear hear the reality of who God was because I I didn't I didn't know the Lord except for the fact I just got you know born again. And so at the end of the service, it was concluded that they were going to put him out to pasture. And I told him I said, well. If he goes, I go. And I'm not going to serve in a church and be a part of a church that takes the elders that have the greatest wisdom that they've ever had and the greatest understanding because of their relationship in years as well as knowledge, you know, of the Lord and to leave. So, so I'm saying all that to say this to you. You are so valuable to heritage of faith. Not only do you have years of relationship with the Lord, but you have years of knowledge that cannot be replaced. Your value to heritage of faith is absolutely unsurpassed by anything that you can possibly think. Your giftings, your callings that you have are valuable to this house And you weren't meant just to sit in a chair. You were meant to become active in the body of Christ, doing things in the body of Christ that will help to fulfill the vision of the house. Your responsibility and mine uh, is to help to fulfill the, the vision of this house. 
That's our job. You know, I pastored for 41 years, and, and I'm telling you that you, you can't always understand the pastor because the pastor is in a different position than you are. He has a responsibility of the church and the vision of the house. He's the visionary of the house. Dr. Savell and, and uh, Pastor Justin and Pastor Annette, they, they carry the vision of this house. And we hook up to a vision. And then I have to ask myself, well, what's my part in the vision? How do I help to fulfill the ministry of the house? You know, we were accustomed to, to leading the church and being the visionary of the house and everything else for 41 years. And so when we came here, we didn't come just to sit. We came to be a part to help the pastor. See, I know more about how to help a pastor now than I've ever known in my life because I, I are one. You know, and, and you understand that where sometimes pastor says things or does things or, or implements things, and we say, well, why did he do that? I liked it the way it was. And we, we are creatures of habit. We like to get stuck in ruts because we're accustomed to it. We, we understand ruts. We understand uh, things that are there, and, and sometimes there's not as much requirement on us, but the Lord wants to keep us fresh. We're in a new venue. We're in a new time in this house. This house is underneath a lot of pressure, even as Christians. You're underneath a lot of pressure. I'm sure you sense it. You feel it. Can you imagine the amount of pressure that the people in Ukraine are underneath? There are a lot of, there are a lot of Christians, by the way, in the Ukraine who are God-fearing people just like you and I, who are underneath a tremendous amount of pressure in the natural. But there's things that are going on here in the States. There's pressure in the spiritual Chaos and confusion and pressures, you know, going on. There are pressures going on. How many of you Some of your families? Amen. All God, know that you with your brother, you're going through a, a pressure time, you know, with your brother uh, in the physical arena and everything else. And, and you know, we, we've all gone through different things in our life. But I want you to know in the church, you are so valuable in the church that if you're missed, it says that we don't get that supply. Each joint supplies a need. You may be, may be that one person that touches somebody else with just a word of encouragement. You may have their healing. You may have their deliverance. You may have just uh, uh, something that uh, God lays on your heart to do special for that individual's life. But you're special to the body of Christ. And so I don't want you to ever feel like you have no value here. Well, I'm, I'm not asked to speak behind the podium. We're not talking about speaking behind the podium. Did you know that the pastor spends more time doing other things than speaking behind the podium? Real pastoring is outside of the pulpit, not in the pulpit. It's an anointed time for him, and he needs to have that. And that's what he's called to do. 
He's anointed and appointed to speak into the body of Christ that God has assigned him to, to bring completion of the vision that God has placed upon his heart. And my job is just like we told Pastor Justin and Annette when we sat down with them when we first came here, and we met with them for breakfast, and, and we said, listen, we want you to know what we're here for. We're here to support your vision. I don't want a position. I don't need a position. I just... Of the house. That's the motive of Pastor Diane's heart because we know what the pastor needs. He needs to help him to that he on everybody that things get done. We are part of the helps ministry. We help him to fulfill. So we are members in particular. Look at your neighbor again and say, you're a member in particular. Now do it to the other side. Now tell them they're valuable. You're valuable. See, you're valuable to me. You're valuable to everyone that's in this room. What you have to offer is so special. I just want you to know that. Don't want you to forget it because sometimes we kind of feel like we get lost in the quagmire of what's going on in the church or we're overlooked because of our age or whatever. You're not being overlooked. So just, just wait, stand, just stand, let your faith operate and function. We were talking about hope earlier. Or that, who was it was talking about hope? Diane was talking about hope. Yeah, Mark was talking about hope. Uh, hope is the igniter of the flame of faith. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you don't have hope, hope is your dream, your vision, and your desire. Those are the three things that could, that faith has to have. It has, ha, has to have something to hook up with. The woman that had the issue of blood, she said, if I could just press through the uh, and touch the hem of his garment, then I know that I will be made whole. And what did Jesus say to her at the end? He says, your faith hath made you whole. That was her hope igniting faith to get the results that she needed in her life. And for you and I, it is no different. Today, he goes on and he says, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, helps. Everybody say, I'm a helps. Governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of uh, miracles. Uh, How many of you know you have hands, you have fingers? How many of you know your fingers don't do what your hand does? They help the hand. The hand is the whole piece. But you have fingers that help the hand. Amen? How about your toes? How many of you know that you have five toes? If you have more, uh, 
You must have needed them. (laughs) But listen, you take off one of those toes. You take off the little toe. That little toe helps to balance you. As small as it is, it helps to balance your body as you walk. Those that have lost limbs, they understand the importance of it. Same way with your eyes. They all have different functions, but yet they comprise the body. And so you and I, we are particular, remember? We have a special function and an unction from the Holy Ghost that helps to fulfill and satisfy the needs of this body that will complete the vision. When you see it in that in, in that way, it should help you to realize that my value is more than what I give myself credit for. You're special to God and you're special to the body. How I many of you know Jesus is the head of the church? And he says you're particular. He says you're special. So you need to keep looking at yourself as being special. Amen. I'm not going out into any pasture. That's what they did with that pastor. They just put him out in pasture. I don't want to just go out there and eat. I want to be active and stay active until the coming of the Lord, whether it be by way of rapture or by the way of the natural death, whichever the case might be. I want to go out with a shout. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to have songs like uh, On Jordan's Stormy Bank I Stand and Cast a Wistful Eye. I don't want to stand on Jordan's Stormy Banks and Cast a Wistful Eye. Amen? I want, I want balloons going up. I want the doves flying. Amen? That's nothing but a, a house that I lived in and no longer live in. It ought to be a joyous time. And be rewarded because of the gifts that God placed in my life. Amen. You know, Simeon, all he did was stay in the house of the Lord and pray. Anna, all she did was stay in the house of the Lord and pray. All of their life, they devoted themselves to prayer and to fasting until they saw the Lord of glory. Simeon said, once I see him, then I can leave. I've, I've done my job. And guess what? It's recorded in the annals of the history of God's holy word that he saw him, he got to hold him, he got to be a part of that time, and then he left. He was gone. That was his job. And it's recorded in history to remind us of how special his life was. Your your life is just that special. I wonder how many other people knew him. They probably thought he was weird because he spent his whole life just in the temple worshiping and praising and praying to God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob believing for the Messiah. You and I are special. We're praying, believing, For the return of the Lord. And our eyes shall behold him. And will he find faith on the earth? Yes he will. Because he's coming for a church. 
that's without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. That's you and me. Why? Because he did it for me. I don't have to do it myself. I can't, I can't achieve that, but he achieved it for me. So all I have to do is to believe and accept that. See, I have to believe and accept I'm particular and that I'm special. Used to, whenever we used to say people were special, we used to think that they had a retarding problem. They were special. We don't have a retarding problem. We have the knowledge of the Lord. Amen. We are so blessed. Amen. We have so much to offer. How many salvations today? How many? 16. 16 people. 16 souls stepped out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear light. Of his dear son. Amen. 16. What if they hadn't been out there? What if they hadn't been out there? Every one of the volunteers that went out there to help did something particular, special, that touched people's lives. How many healings that took place today? Three. Three healings. Amen. Praise God. Special. And for all those others that were out there, special. What would it be like if all it was was, was just Pastor Joseph out there? He was the only one that was serving. What would happen? What would happen? He'd still be out there. The line would still be long. And you know what? You know what? Pastor Joseph would be out there. He would be out there. He would do it. He would do it whether anybody showed up or not. Why? Because he believes he's special. He has a calling. He has a gifting. He has talents. He has things that he can do to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. So all of these things are valuable and important. It's important that you were here today. You being here. Why have this if you don't show up? I say we need the other 140. We have, what, 36 people in here. 37. Oh, not 30. 32 people in here. We've got five tables. They have six seats. One has seven over there. That makes it 31. Joseph came in after he finished. That's 32 that showed up today. So we need the rest of the folks to feel a need to be a part. And the only way they're ever going to feel that is by you and me reaching out to them. Amen. The other part of this is I told Diane, we need help. We need people to help us. People that will be willing to sign on and say, Hey, I'll make calls for you. I'll call people. How many of you get calls from us from pastor Diane? More pastor Diane than me. I call the guys. She calls the ladies. But, uh, you know, we need people to help us with that, to help do the calling. So we're, we're going to put the list together, and we'll get it to those of you that would like to spend time calling people and inviting them 
and encouraging them to come, to sign up, you know, and be a part of this group. Pastor told me the other day when, when we were here, I was at the meeting last Tuesday, and he said, he said, we still have a whole lot more than what's, what's signing up. And I said, I know, we need to fill the auditorium up. We've got plenty of room. We can set up the tables and break down the tables just like anybody else can. But wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? He wants 100% of us. You know, um, when you talking about setting up tables and breaking down and all that, the ladies' tea, I think we had like 280-something ladies in there. So we got plenty of room. Oh, it's plenty of room. Amen. So we're here to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what we're here for. That's what Pastor Diane and I are here for is to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so we need, that was just one area that I was talking about. There's many other things that are going on behind the scenes that you don't know about. You know, food prep, buying the food, all of these different things, setting up the tables, you know, breaking them down. Uh, those of you that are here, you help us break things down and everything else, but you don't realize there's people that come in here and help set things up. And many hands makes the work light. So we need people that can make a commitment to do those things, to help us. The music team comes in and they set their own equipment up and everything else. And I'm sure they don't want all of their instruments touched and everything else. And there's certain things that they do, but, Somebody can hold the door open while they come in and go out. You know, there's just different things that we all can do to be a part. Amen? So I want you to be cons- be considering and thinking about those things, and we'll be getting back with you uh, during this month sometime before the next one to see who would like to do what. And we'll make a list, and you can just let us know. But we're here for you to minister to you and encourage you, but at the same time, you have something to offer too. Amen? Praise God. Anybody have a testimony before we we close out? We're getting close to 1 o'clock. Anybody have a testimony of what God has done since the... Amen. (laughs) Pat's still with us. Amen. Yes, Linda. He's a good God, isn't he? The fact that you went out there and reached out to him was obviously something that made you particular. You sell food, you get food. You sow finances. It's the law of response. It's it's a law that God has established of sowing and reaping. Amen. Somebody else have a testimony. Amen. Amen. What never fails? Love. Love never fails. Love never fails. Amen. Somebody else, you have a testimony. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. Stand to your feet, would you? <clears throat> We're going to be dismissed. People can stay behind and kind of help break things down and help in the kitchen to wash and stuff like that. We'd appreciate that. Uh, Diane, where do you want them to take the ornament thing that's in the middle? Let's put it on that table over there for now. Okay, the centerpiece, if you would, please put it in the on the table over there before we take off everything. Do you want the little things too? or? Okay. And there was a piece of candy for everybody. I don't know if everybody got, got their candy or not. But let's pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We do praise you. We thank you for our time together. We thank you, Father, for uh, the ones that are here. We just pray specifically for them individually and for their families. Lord, I, I don't know all of the circumstances, all of the situations that everyone is going through, but you do. And you've taken full record and account of it. You've made provision for everything that pertains to life and to godliness concerning each and every family represented. So we just pray for their households. If the Philippian jailer and all of his family can be born again, then all of ours can be born again. If there's anyone in our families that are lost and undone, we just sick the Holy Ghost on them right now. And that they would come to the place of repentance. No man can come to Jesus except the Father draw him. And he uses the Holy Spirit to do that. So, Lord, we thank you for it. We ask for it to be done for each and every family here, for every lost person in that family. And that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you for health. Jesus took care of our health. Every form of sickness, every form of disease, Jesus took stripes on his body that we might be healed and delivered in our bodies. We accept that. We appropriate the healing virtue flowing from the top of our heads, literally, to the soles of our feet and extending out to our family members as well. And Lord, we give you thanksgiving for it. This is the year, Lord, that you have said extraordinary things would transpire and happen. Nothing is impossible to you and with you. And you said all things are possible for those that would dare to believe. So we believe your word in the midst of chaos and confusion, disappointment, heartache, heartbreak. Lord, that you would supernaturally intervene. Lord, if there's anyone and in the families as well, bound by any type of an addiction. We loosen them and free them up in Jesus' name. Satan, we remind you, this, this is God's family. This is God's uh, property. And we expect things to transpire and happen because we're in covenant. And you said whatever things we would ask in the name of Jesus, that would you do. So, Lord, we're asking you for supernatural deliverance in the families, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. And we expect to hear testimonies in the days to come. And so, Lord, we give you praise for it. We give you honor and glory. We dismiss in your presence. We dismiss in your love. 
and we give you thanksgiving and honor and glory. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.